Welcome back to the Rugby Abroad podcast. I'm here with Cookie Mafu for episode 10. It's great to be back with him because it's been a good few years since we were playing together down in Jersey in the Channel Islands. Cookie, how are you, mate? Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kat. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, mate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> should be catching up soon. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Mate, no, absolute pleasure. Pleasure is all mine, in fact. And um, yeah, mate, it's going to be great to catch up with you. I know you've got a, a bit of a story to tell because I was there the first time you came over overseas all the way from Australia. And it was a hell of a move because I remember at the time you left the family behind to kind of come over to Jersey and, and start your, your career in the English Championship. But where did it all start before that? Where did rugby start for you? Well, um, look, me and my brothers, we, we grew up playing in Sydney. And to be fair, we started off play, playing rugby league in the Belmain competition in New South Wales. Just playing pretty much, grew up out of, playing junior rugby league there. And they went on to playing uh, West Juniors in the West, West Harbour competition. And yeah. then, um, yeah, eventually one thing led to another, playing a bit of shoot shield in Sydney. And then next thing I got the phone call and I was on a plane on the way to Jersey. So, <laughs> nice, mate. Nice. And you, like you said, your brothers are rugby players too. Did, did that like impact you growing up? Or are they are older brothers, if I remember right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, the, I'm number three. I've got two older brothers and I have a younger yeah. sister. Um, yeah, they're already here. They already established uh, their rugby careers in, in, in uh, Europe. Um, at the time, I come, I'm not really sure where Celestia was, my oldest brother. And Campese yeah. was, uh, I think, he was playing over in France. But um, Campo spent some time over in the championship as well. And uh, he told me that Jersey was a, a very good place. He'd been here a few times. And he was pretty influential in um, getting me to come to Jersey in regards to the place, the team, what it was like as being an opponent, opponent against Jersey. So, so yeah. Yeah. So it kind of helped having, having your brothers over here, I guess. Did it make it easier to make the decision to come abroad? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because um, obviously, you know yourself, Kat, I came over here pretty late in my career, and, but um, I wanted to make sure it was the right one. Obviously, when yeah. I was leaving, I was leaving my wife and my three kids behind. I wanted to make sure I was making the right decision. So, yeah, they, they yeah, told me a true. lot of good things about this place, even just being here, you know, like a few times here and there. So, mate, it's lovely. It's been good to you so far. Awesome, and and when you came over, I, if I get my facts right, you just you just come off the back of your first caps for Tonga, or was that a bit before? Because um, I know you, you mentioned your is your your mum's Fijian and your dad is Tongan, yeah. um, and so did did you like? Because I know one of your your brothers played for Australia and your other brother played <laughs> for Fiji, and, and you, you've represented Tonga now, so it's kind of like it's. You had you had the choice, kind of thing, or did did you always know you were going to represent Tonga, or did the call just come? How did it work? <laughs> well, it's, it's very weird. Like, like Celesi, to be fair, he grew up through the system. He came up through the, like, the Waratah Academy, and then made his way into the ACT Brumbies, and then went professional from there. Campisi, yeah. however, on the other hand, was me and Campisi are kind of similar. We were just playing club rugby in Sydney, just going along with our thing, you know. And then yeah. uh, he was poached by uh, by Fiji, so I, I don't think there was the intention for him to to make that crossover. You know, to just all of a sudden put his hand up for Fiji. It just happened all of a sudden. And and with me, I kind of went through the system with Tonga first with the Tonga Sevens. 
And that's yeah. how I got in the system. Through uh, There was a contact over in, um, in Sydney. He told me to give it a crack. And I just got a call one day. And the first tournament I went to was Adelaide. So one week yeah. I was just training. And they were like, can you get on a plane to go to Adelaide? I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you want to go play this in Tonga Sevens? So, like, straight from club rugby into the Sevens. And that's how it all started. So... Nice. And then when, when you get, were you expecting the call for the 15 side? And when did that happen? Was that just before you came no. over to, to Europe? After I, I played a bit of sevens for a while. That went on for a couple of years, to be fair. And then, yeah. um, you know, I spent some time playing Tonga A here and there. And then 2016, I got the call to come and play for Tonga. So that was a call, you know, that was probably one of the best things that's happened to me. I didn't think that was ever going to come. Yeah, but, um, I managed to get a phone call, and then um, I went over there, played three games to Tonga. And then within two or three months, I got the phone call. And I was eligible for a visa here in Jersey, so I was I was out of, oh, wow. I was out of there in three months. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you did, had you thought about moving abroad then before you before while you've been playing in Shoot Shield? Have you because you, you said like your brothers were over there anyway, and was it something that that you'd already considered like doing before the before like the, something came up in Jersey, the Tongan stuff happened? Did had you already thought about it? Yeah, definitely. There was times I wanted to. I wanted to pursue a career in Europe, but um, yeah, look, I, 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 for as much as I wanted to, things just weren't going my way with in terms of rugby and whatnot, and just off-field stuff. Like uh, opportunities are coming up, and you know, I wasn't the brightest kid growing up, but you know, I had uh, off-field dramas to deal with and things like that. But sure. the opportunity eventually came. That was the main thing, and um, and yeah, like by then I already had, I was already married, I had three kids. So I wanted to make sure it was the right thing. And if anything, I think it was the right timing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems to be the right thing because you're going into your fifth year at Jersey, yeah. um, which is a hell of a commitment to one place. So so how are you finding? It's a little island, I know from the experience. I was only there one year. Um, but it, it's a little island, uh, but it's really beautiful, obviously. Are you, are you finding it? Are you loving it? Are your kids loving it, the family? Yeah. Man, look. To be fair, when I when I first came, the first time I came, um, I spent how long were we living together? Like what, four months, five months, or whatever. Yeah, and, for the um, second half. Yeah, so I so I came there. I came here, sorry, and I wanted to just suss out the island and see what it was like first. And to be honest, man, I had nothing bad to say about Jersey. Jersey is such a wonderful place, especially for kids and families. And um, when uh, Jersey eventually offered me. To stay on a further two years, I couldn't turn it down. I felt like if there was anywhere I was going to move and bring my wife and kids over, it definitely would. This would be the first place I'd do it to because yeah, my wife comes from a very big orientated family. They're just very close, close group, very lovely family, and yeah. it, it was never going to be easy to you know take her away from the family kind of thing. You know, so coming to Jersey, sure. I couldn't complain. It was it was lovely, lovely. So, but. Being from Sydney, you come to a place like this, you can't feel like it's such a small place after a while. But lucky enough, if I make it on the away games, you know, I'm actually yeah, I'm getting through all right. <laughs> yeah, cool. And obviously, being over in Europe for for is it the, was it the first time you're over in Europe as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, so, to, um, I've been here before a few times, but this is the first time I've actually lived over here. Nice. And and have you been able to travel around with the family a bit while you've been in Jersey to travel around Europe and visit and stuff? Yeah, um, we've done. The first thing we did was uh, go visit London properly. 
So we did London yeah. a few times. Uh, we've done a, been a, up and around the UK, uh, been to France, spent some time in Paris. Uh, this off season, we was planning to go back home, but we we're going to stop over in Dubai for a bit. But obviously, with the COVID nineteen thing going on, so good old Jersey it is for, <laughs> for these few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> nice, no, yeah, but it's still it's got it's got the beaches and the sunshine, mate. You'll be all right. You'll be all right, mate. You can't complain with this weather. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I just wanted to ask you to, to give a little comparison for, for anyone that doesn't know the two competitions. You, you were playing for a while in the Shoot Shield in yeah. Sydney and then playing in the English Championship. What Can you can you give like a difference between the, the rugby itself and then the professionalism and both things and how, how they compare for you? Um, well... When I first came over here, um, I played a lot of shoot shield in first grade. And the first thing I noticed when I first came, my first game was against Doncaster Knights. And I, I don't know yeah. if I've told you this story, but I remember walking out, running out to the field of St. Peter's. And I didn't know what to expect. It was my first taste of Euro- European rugby. And um, so I've gone out to the field, done my warm-up. It's just you know, individual warm-ups, whatnot. So I'm warming up and I look across to the other side. And as their players are running out, I'm looking at them and going, what in the world? The size of these guys are huge. Like, they were big. And that was the first thing that I noticed about my opponents here in Jersey. I was thinking, my goodness. But I, I thought the same thing with my team when I first saw my teammates for the first time. Obviously, yeah. they, you were there. You know, I'm looking at my, my team. We've got back, back rows like Gary Graham, um, James Freeman, Nick Haining. That back row alone, you know, you, they're carrying some serious weight there. And I thought they were big. And then when I saw Doncaster's team, I was thinking, what have I just got myself into? <laughs> so the first thing that stood out, stood out to me was the size of the people, like the players here yeah. in Europe. And from the from the get-go, the kickoff, physicality, physical, physical, physical. The championship is such a physical competition. I cannot you – know, there's no lying about it. It's just really direct, physical. I feel like I was playing a lot of against a lot of – you know, if I could swear, it's just the, the C word, you know, a lot of that. You know, it's really <laughs> just very aggressive, very – but compared to yeah. Shoot Shield, one thing I do notice, if I'm playing Shoot Shield, within the first 20 minutes to 20 to half an hour, I probably would have touched the ball – probably seven times or ten times the game's so fast like yeah in, in down, down south in southern hemisphere they like to move the ball quite a bit you get a lot of dry weather so a lot of young guys they're very fit like someone like it's 27 year old you probably count as someone's a bit getting on in the competition what, so, you, so you're saying you would have passed the ball seven times as well i don't believe you <laughs> probably not pass <laughs> the ball would have came to me you know it's just showing go that's one carry two yeah. three four <laughs> So seven, so seven carries then in the first twenty minutes. Seven nice. carries in the first twenty minutes. <laughs> seven showing goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. But the ball does move quite a bit in, in shoot shield. Yeah. Uh, the, the skill level is pretty good as well in shoot shield. But um, I I think shoot shield probably the top four or five teams are going really good here in in, uh, in the championship. Yeah. And how how is it? Because obviously I was with playing with you five years ago. How's it? the level of the championship, has it stayed pretty much the same and as far as you're concerned or has anything changed in the last five years? For me, looking from the outside, I feel like looking at, maybe it's just seeing highlights, I feel like the game's got faster in the championship. I don't know how whether you agree or yeah. maybe I'm wrong. 
I think I think it has like uh, it is physically demanding even off the field. You know, like you get quick turnarounds. There's a lot of rugby being played. That's another thing that in Europe you probably get. That you know you you can almost play twenty five to thirty games a year. As in Shoot Shield, we're so used to the eighteen games a season. You know, max yeah. if anything. But the, you know, like. Yeah, I, I, I like to. I, I think the game has gone faster. Um, you know, people are there's new ideas being brought in, new coaches and whatnot before different teams, and everyone's just trying to find ways of you know trying to improve the game kind of thing. So it's, it's I think it's a matter of fact of just keeping up with the changes, but it's definitely yeah. getting quick, especially for me at my age. Uh, but it doesn't get any easier. Nice, and and the off field stuff, like your, your training programs and stuff. I know Jer- Jersey's renowned for being quite a grueling place to to be in terms of off off field training. Is yeah. um, how does that compare to back to back home? Are they as, are they as strict with your with your regimes? Uh, yeah, you know you've spent one season. You've done a preseason with Jersey. You know what it's like. It, it's um, it is very tough, but like for someone like myself, who's been I've done that for probably about four four seasons now. You, you think about a three month preseason; it's just gonna literally you're gonna kill yourself. <laughs> so you're just gonna yeah. take it day by day, kind of thing. It isn't getting any yeah. easier, but you know it's good. You know, like the, we've got a who's SNC Jim Maloney who just wants the best out of us. You know, he's pushing us constantly, challenging us, and when things get tough and you think it's you're just there, it just goes and it goes it's like never ending you know but um, yeah yeah no, the, the mate, it's very tough i mean just from being there for a year jim maloney was <laughs> he's easily one of the most clued on guys when it comes to conditioning <laughs> that i've that i've worked with definitely and he, he and uh yeah absolutely loved it man there's no um, cutting corners around jim he's got eyes in the back of the ears you know what I mean? <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing worse than playing a full game on a monday and you're coming in on Mon- oh sorry on, on saturday and you're coming in on monday and the the first thing you see on the board in the gym is like eighty percent squats, and you just think <laughs> to yourself, "Man, what have I just? You know, <laughs> how do I get out of this uh, one?" Nice, nice. No, but like you say, he's getting the best best out of the players there. And and compared to back home in Australia, have they got a similar similar training sort of programs and stuff? Because because I know because just just from comparing between France and and England, yeah. I know that in France there's. For, from what I saw, there was a lot less like, focus on on like big heavy weights, and that's, that's sort of carried through. I think into maybe a faster game. I thought thought maybe you were mentioning a faster game back home in the shoot shield. I imagine that maybe there there'd be m- much more explosive programs to to maybe reflect that. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I noticed one thing. Uh, one of the most professional clubs I've been to is in, in terms of shoot shield was. Um, was Randwick. I spent some time over at Randwick Rugby, and they they, yeah. they spent a lot of time focusing on power lifts, uh, moving heavyweight quick. As in, yeah. uh, compared to something like where I am at the moment, it's more heavyweight strength, trying to build size and mass. But yeah. uh, our preseasons back at Randwick was um, a lot of running, a lot of fitness with the ball in hand, and our and our weights. To be fair, it wasn't as grueling as as it here is in uh, in Europe. Yeah. Nice, yeah, um, and so you're enjoying Jersey. Fifth year coming up. Have you got plans to finish the career there, or have you got any other ideas to to explore the rugby abroad and go go to other places? What's your thoughts? Uh, uh, I'm just you know I'm just taking it season by season. Um, 
I was very unlucky this year, the past season, to miss out. I played uh, two friendly games and then I tore my uh, MCL and PCL and ACL, unfortunately. Missed out the season. And then, um, so there is parts of me that want to play on. I don't want to finish on these terms. I want to yeah. keep going and you know? I want to be able to hang the boots up knowing that I've given everything and I've finished on my terms. I'm happy to move on. But um, I still have aspirations to, to carry on, regardless whether it be in UK. Um, I've kind of got my eye on somewhere like Italy where we would really love to move and you know just enjoy a bit of a lifestyle kind of thing, you know, a lifestyle kind of change. But you know, yeah. as time goes, we'll just any time will tell. We'll just see how things go. Nice, man. And um, any like advice for someone back home in in Australia or wherever who was thinking about going abroad? Did did you use an agent to get abroad? And and what was that experience like? Was it an easy experience or? No, look, see, I, I came over here pretty late in my career, and like, yeah, you, you start to think. Like, man, is it actually going to happen? Is this even going to happen? You know, you're just plugging away, playing semi-professional. And then when NRC competitions come up, depending on the team, you can get a professional contract for about three or four months here and there. But it's kind of broken up. And then you're, you're, you're working eight hours a day, plugging away three or four nights a week of training, playing all weekends, and you're just constantly chasing that dream, you know? Yeah. But, um, look, I stuck to it. I, I think it's possible regardless, you know. You just don't want to give up. You just keep going. And before you know it, you get that phone call. Uh, I had a few agents um, over in Australia. Um, I, I had yeah, quite a few agents, to be fair. And, um, you know, you, you spend some time with one and you start to think, man, is he doing his job? You know, what's going yeah. on there? Man, I'm just absolutely bugging him. And out of all the agents I had in Australia, the agent that actually got me the job in Jersey was an agent in England. So, like, yeah. I don't know how that came about, but it happened. So, you know, you just uh, it's a hard uh, thing to navigate with the agents because everyone wants you to sign on with, with one, sign on with me and I'll get you this, sign on with me and I'll get you that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you just got to be care- careful where you sign and, and who you're talking to. I guess a recommendation yeah. from like, a player you already know or something like that goes, goes a long way. Um, if it's someone you, you like, a gut, like say it was your brother working with an agent and, and he's then passed you on, I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't really go wrong there. Yeah, um, you know, man, like all the players are always talking, you know, like we all talk between the club, you, you know what it's like and guys are just yeah. passing chat on and you kind of hear bits and bobs here and there and you can kind of get a picture of who to trust, who not to trust and then, but it's so easy to fall in the trap of you seeing, say, an average player get like a really good contract and you're thinking, well, how did he pull that off? What's his agent's name? And then you, straight away you're like trying to get that agent's number. If you can do it for him, you can do it for me kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. No, it's an interesting one because um, a lot of guys, well, certainly if I speak from my own experience, I used an agent for the first couple of years of, of my career yeah. and then was, and and I sort of got talked into signing with that agent. And as soon as I signed with the agent, I, I realized that, well, he's, he's either forgotten about me or he's not doing his job or whatever, but he, he wasn't working for me. I was, I was the one messaging him, you know, chasing him all the time. And, and at the end of the day, he didn't get me what I wanted and I went and got something myself. Yeah. And there was some kind of like mini dispute around, well, I'm your agent, you sign with me. And well, the argument is you didn't actually do anything to help me. So yeah. 
So when, and and that's that's not to say all agents are like that because they're absolutely not. I've worked with some really great guys who really, yeah. who really want 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 to do the best for their their players and and help you out. But it's just you you got to find what's what's right for you, I guess. But it, like when you're young, it's exciting to get that interest. Some agent comes and talks to you, and they say, "Look, I I seen your footage or something. I saw you play the other day, and thought you were really good. I think I can get you that." And it's hard not to to have a second thought about yeah. who the who that guy is and or whether whether he's the right option for you as a person as a player, you know? Oh, definitely. Like uh, you often hear stories like young kids who get poached by agents, and it's so quick to to feel that you know that set of importance that you're just like, oh man, you know, like something's we're going somewhere here. Then they offer you a five year contract with an yeah. agent, and then you sign that. And then two years in, you're thinking, have I actually done the right thing? You know, like now I'm stuck with this guy for five years. And it, you yeah. know, I'm already halfway, and we've spoken about four or five times. And what do I do now? And, and as you go, you start to learn the game. And you mentioned yeah. yourself, like you've done some work for yourself, and you found your own job. That's, I think, that's a, that's a common thing that's happening, and it even works. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, yeah. we're all rugby players. We're all our own business, and sometimes we've got to look after ourselves, kind of thing. And yeah, I, you know, I, I, know, I know quite a few boys who've done who've gone down that road and pulled it off. And I always yeah. thought, man, if I could pull it off that way, then I can. At the end of the day, if my contract comes towards the end of the season and I've got nothing, I can't put all my eggs in the one basket and just rely on the one guy. If there's any yeah. contact or any kind of networking I can work behind the scenes, then obviously yeah. I'm doing the same thing. No, exactly. I mean, not not to just, just throw agents out completely yeah. to say that, that they're all not not working in your interest because like i said there's a lot of guys that i've worked with that haven't been people that have wanted you to sign a contract immediately on talking to them so that's where i'd ask questions and that's where i wouldn't feel comfortable if they were like well i can only talk to you if you sign this contract and sign with me for two years whereas yeah. i'd much rather as a rugby player and someone who's like like you say you're you're relying on your next job it's your next job you're looking after your young family you're thinking about like yeah. it's, it's your li- essentially it's your living as as much as you know the the salaries aren't hyperinflated like in football it's still an important um, uh, part of your your livelihood that we're talking about so for me it's much more interesting to work with someone who doesn't make me sign something but that I get a good feeling with and yeah. me as an honest honest person and as a, a, a lot of guys are and you know if someone really does a good job for your work does a bit of work for you it, I don't see any reason why you'd you'd then go behind his back and like sign with the club without without sort of putting it I'm sure there are cases where that's ha- happened and a club will yeah. say to a player as well maybe maybe that um, it's better if we don't use the agent and and maybe that's why why some agents make the player sign I, it's two way it's a two way street you probably 100% like it's yeah, I 100% agree it's it can even be like you know it's either you're on one side or the other it's like can I sign with this agent and just trust that he's going to do it or yeah. can me and the agent come to an agreement and he can say to me, look, um, I'll work for you, but you don't have to sign for me until I find you something. And you, yeah. you're sitting there thinking, all right, is, it, is he actually doing things or is he just sending my CV and just waiting? As in, you know what it's like being a player. You, you're thinking in your head, I want the agent to get off his back. So I want him on the phone 24-7, calling yeah. club. <laughs> I want him giving me feedback nonstop, you know. But at the same time, yeah. you're, you're talking to previous coaches or whatnot. Like, hey, man, you, you're looking for a center there or what, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, t- it's tough to know to, to balance the two, especially when you're further down the line in your career, I think. Because like you say, yeah. you've, you've, already, you've already got this network built up for you. You know a lot of yeah. players in different places and they know the coaches. You can almost, like you say, manage your own business a bit. But, but I think maybe there's, there's, there is a safety net with an agent that when it comes to talking about contract length, money, yes. and all those things, which can be, can be uncomfortable when, when you're talking to, to um, clubs, maybe for the first time, because like you say, you're com- coming from a semi-professional environment to a professional one. Um, I can imagine that it might be uncomfortable to have the conversation around money. And, and so, so getting, a, getting a sort of third party, an agent involved could, might relieve some of that awkwardness. Yeah, definitely. Because if I could, like someone like myself, it's it was a matter of fact of getting myself over, getting yeah. my wife and three kids over here. Then you're thinking about okay, now that we're here, we we actually, I mean, before we even come here, we need visas. So there's your first yeah. problem, and then you you got your hurdle of you need someone that knows how to negotiate visas. So you need visa. And by the time you get here, you got to sort out schools. You need a place to live. Where can I put my kids to school? Where am I going to stay? You know, like all little things like that. At the same time, yeah. you're trying to be the best you can be to do the job that you've been given. You know what I mean? You yeah, want to perform. Sure. And being a professional rugby player, you know, for as much as the, the more you're at peace off the field, the better you perform. So I've been, a big, I've been a big believer of that. So if I can obviously get a bit of help from behind the scenes with a good agent that does all that stuff that, so I can just do my thing, then – you're, you're, you're already there, you know, you're halfway there. Yeah, exactly. I was talking to someone actually in a Spanish interview the other day and he was, he was, he works in a club now. He's re- retired from playing or semi-retired. He still plays for like the, the team's old boys team, but he's, he was talking about, um, he's on the other side of it. So he's the one who's managing, receiving the players from abroad and managing the way that they settle quickly and stuff. And, so I just wanted to ask how you found that in Jersey. Um, obviously, you were chucked into a house with me and yeah. uh, a couple of other guys. Um, but was that easy? Could the club have um, done a better job of hand- handling the way they they brought in players from so far so far overseas as Australia? You're talking about a massive move. I, a lot of clubs don't really have the structure in place to. to bring in these players, make them feel comfortable straight away and maybe it's a, maybe it's a process that's evolving or getting better. It's, it, like, it, it feels to me, I, I kind of, my, my, my situation was, I, I was an injury replacement. So before I agreed to this contract, I was told, look, this was about October and they said to me, look, uh, we've got a few injuries. Um, we need you here, but we need an answer. And if your answer is yes, um, we're going to get you here as soon as possible. And then I was like, okay, well, I might need at least 10 days to pack up my life and say goodbye to my uh, – and sort out my family. They were like, oh, well, I'm, we're really sorry. This business here, we need you here as soon as possible. Like you're literally coming on an injury replacement ASAP. Yeah. So basically, and I'm thinking, sitting there, my wife and kids, and um, you know, I've got a full-time job, and I'm thinking I've got to make a decision in the next – 10 hours if I'm going to do this or not. And if I am, I've got to get my wife to understand the situation and just, you know, just go with it. So I had to be sat down, had a really good talk about it. And I just said, look, just to my wife, I said, look, just give me this one shot. Okay. This is the dream. This is the phone call I'll be waiting for. Give me this one shot. I'll sign to the end of the year. 
I'm going to move over there and just give it my best shot. So my wife jumped on board with me. So then when I flew over here to Jersey, they put me in a house with uh, yourself, uh, James McKinney, Kez, Kez Hardy. And um, to be fair, I, I was, you know, having the, the right group around you, and I had a few Islander boys as well, that that really helped with settling in. But I never forgot the reason why I was there. You know what sure. I mean? And, and just, I think the if you've got a good set of environment around you, like I was really lucky and fortunate to have someone like yourself who we can kind of relate in a way. We spent a lot of time at cafes just <laughs> talk, talking shit about random stuff. But you know, it's little things like that because when you're not at the club, you're really bored. And then there could be yeah. times where I'm just constantly thinking about my family. But And then you see other guys who've done similar commitments and you feel like, all right, I'm not alone in this. You know, I'm just, I've got yeah. a few months just to get through this. But I think Jersey as a club looked after me pretty well um, on the transition over here. I was happy to be rewarded that extra contract. But yeah. yeah, look, there's nothing bad I could say. Like I think they did everything. Like there were times I'll speak to Harvey, the DOI at Jersey, about just personal things and he was always there for me and he always guaranteed well guaranteed me, look, if there's anything you need, just come and speak to me, we can sort something out. I can't promise you the world, but yeah. you know, I will help you because I understand you're you know, you've got a family and wife back home, it's never easy. So it's pretty yeah, cool. That's great. No, I guess, I guess it's so key to have that support network. Like you said, it, it was a, I bet it was a tough conversation with your, your wife when you said uh, when you said spoke to her about going abroad and and obviously it was all, it was for you it was like a big opportunity this once in a lifetime thing maybe and yeah. I guess it's kind of paid off because she jumped on board um, that the family's there now I guess enjoying life and and so it was a great move in the end so it's great to see you all Man. all. Yeah. They're loving it. They're loving it here. You know, like obviously, you took me. You showed me this place. You showed me what it was like here. Within a week, I was like, "Man, this place would be would love." You know, my, my wife and kids would love this place. But ever since you've been here, the worst thing is about it. She doesn't want to leave. Like she loves this place so much. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, I kind of want to see what's out there, kind of thing. <laughs> nah, they yeah. love this place. You know. No, yeah, it's good. Like I, I think the the club seems to be in a good place. Like e- d- despite the the funding cuts from the RFU and stuff. And despite the, yeah. the COVID-19 and the problems that the clubs are having with, with like bringing in revenue and stuff, Jersey seems to be staying full time. If I, if I'm correct me, if I'm wrong, but where, whereas a lot of championship clubs are uh, taking the plunge and going part time. I know um, Bedford and London Scottish and, and a couple of others, I think Nottingham. Are, yeah. are all go- and I guess it's a great, is it? Would you say like lucky place to be, Jersey? Because they, they seem to have, have their heads screwed on in terms of the sporting side of things. Um, look, I think we, yeah we are very lucky, but um, in saying that, you know, it, it goes to show that all the hard work that's actually going on behind the scenes in terms of the admin and stuff like Mark Morgan, our chairman, and Harvey himself, the DOI, right up to the the people working in the offices, tirelessly working just to. You know, to, because they they understand they they've got a, a group of thirty five professional players. Most of us has family. This is our livelihood, so they're doing everything they can to keep us, you know, to keep us providing for ourselves or our families or whatnot. So it's a, it's a big credit to them. And um, I, I feel I'm in a lucky place. So you know, it is what it is. So like you know, credit to them. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um... You mentioned the house when we when we first moved to Jersey, and we were obviously living with K- 
Kieran Hardy, and I wanted to give him a mention because I, I did mention to him a, a few weeks right. ago that I might. I do it. I do it. I might get, get him on the podcast at some point, but yeah. any com- comments? I mean, we, I spent a year with him. You, you spent two, I think, and obviously he's going from strength to strength. He was at Jersey um, back uh, when we, well, when, obviously when I was there, and uh, then moved back to his home club, which was Scarlet. Scarlet. Yeah, and he's going from seems he's close and pushing pushing at the the Wales international squad. What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, little, uh, kids, uh, little kids, <laughs> little kids, mate. Little kids with the big biceps. <laughs> well, would, it, would it be would it be pushing it to say we taught him everything he knows? Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. You know, like <laughs> I think it takes like <laughs> you know we spend a lot of time with Kieran, you know, helping him get fit and stuff like that. But you know, it's it's. Kes is a freak. If, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, he's a freak. He, he's a fitness freak. He loves his fitness. He's a yeah. professional. He's super professional. But no, think, mate. He he was not. I think he was 19 when he was there. And he he was the one getting me into shape more than anything. Like, uh, they was, 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 was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, we were the bad influence. I just remember, I can't I can't forget <laughs> those times of just come on, Kieran, let's do it, man. Just. KFC boss, let's just do it for one night, you know. It's like <laughs> it's like he's gonna like, like go way out of his way just to have like a bad chicken or something like that. But I, I love, no. you know, I've got plenty of time for Kieran. He's he's an ultimate professional, and the yeah. good thing about us, we got to we got to see a different side of Kieran, you know. Like we got to see Kieran at home for as much as he was big hearted on the field, you know. He's scared of like scary films, you know. He, he's scared to watch that <laughs> <laughs> he films in the dark, you know. Like it's good to oh, spend no, some no. time with, that, with guys like that, so. Yeah, sure, and it's it's great to see him going from from strength to strength, like I was saying, because um, pretty much every time I check the, the Scarlet score, he's scored a try every week. I don't know what's going. I'm not surprised. To be fair, the, the last year he was here at Jersey, the way yeah. he played, I was thinking, man, when he we're not going to keep him long. In fact, he had a, he yeah. had a, he had a, he had an opportunity to leave the year before, but yeah. um, I think it was his choice to spend another year in Championship and just play. So he can get more game under his belt, and it actually did pay off. And he signed pretty early in the year with Scarlets. Yeah, and to see him go from the one thing to the next, you know, it's good. It's good to see that myself and your work is actually paying off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I might just not get him on now. Just we'll leave it at that. Our work has paid yeah. off. No, yeah, exactly. I'm not. I don't know if going from Wales to Jersey counts as playing rugby abroad, but maybe I can justify like. <laughs> The short, the short travel time. It was on a plane, so I guess anyone playing in Jersey can get on the podcast, no problem. Um, no, Cookie, mate, I, I really appreciate your um, your time, conversation, time out from the family, um, your honesty, because that's that's absolutely key in in these kind of conversations. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you just one one sort of final topic, and that's about like the whole stress of of moving abroad. I, I was talking to a sports psychologist last week on on the podcast and um he, we were talking about just the the difficulties of especially bring, having a family abroad and you've obviously got your ready-made environment which is the rugby environment but you've you've got to worry about your family and your sort of their their network into into having a like a whole f- fulfilling life in, in a foreign destination you know so does how is that like in moving abroad, is there a big stress 
for you and me- mentally or is it something that you just take it take in your stride i like to think uh, i take it take that kind of thing in my stride i'm moving it i've been been in a lot of different clubs more than tiger no i'm joking <laughs> but no jokes jokes aside it, it, I, I, <laughs> I like to think that it's something I've taken my stride and and don't get too caught up in the the stress stressful side of it. But having my wife with me yeah. um, brings a, it, it does bring a different sort of um, feeling to the whole situation, and it means that there's a pressure responsibility to make sure that she's also have, having a you know good good life and is enjoying herself as well. So is is that do you enjoy that pressure? Is it something you take in your stride, or do, does it does it become stressful at times? Like. Um Obviously, you said yourself, like the amount of pressure that you know the what the, our partners can go through. But um, most importantly for me, um, you know, I, I got to commend my wife on making the jump with me to Jersey because you know it's never easy trying to talk to you, you know, trying to get your partner on board or whatever. But you know, she's been phenomenal in, and in fairness, I've been selfish, you know, to take to chase my dreams, and I'm asking my wife to follow me across the other side of the world. You know, whoever knew she was going to marry a rugby player that just wants to go and play in Europe and, you know, drag his whole family to leave their <laughs> lives and their dreams, you know. Sure. So, like, you know, I'm blessed to have her on my side and I'm really blessed to have a team, me and my wife, my three kids, and I'm trying to balance um, rugby in between, you know. Like, the thing with me is my oldest daughter, she's old enough to know we've left our home, which was back in Australia, and when we came here, she never wanted to leave. And to this day, she's still talking about when are we going to go back to Australia. Yeah, so it's, those, it, it, it's those small conversations you've got to have outside of, you know, when you're at home with your family. and it, It's, it's you know, you can get a bit personal. And then you've got the other, kid, the other two kids, Celestia and Montana, who just love being in Jersey, who love going to the beach every single day. And Arietta, my oldest daughter, no matter how much her day is going well, She's always yeah. thinking about her favourite auntie, Melanate, there, who's back in Australia at the moment. She's just, I want to go back to my auntie. I want to go back to my auntie. And she's writing letters and nonstop. But I think yeah. um, having having a happy home is key for me to do what I do each and every day. It's um, it's important to to make sure my family is happy, regardless of what it is, no matter how small the situation is. If they're happy, then I can do what I can do. You know, I mean, I can do what whatever it is I'll do to the best of my ability. But um, it, it isn't easy. It's never easy. Like I could have ended up in a small place in the middle of France where no one speaks English, where there's, you know, there's extremely no foreigners. And then I'm at the rugby club and my wife has to go to a doctor that doesn't speak English. And it's those small barriers. It's those little things they can actually take for granted. And it kind of hit us when we went to Paris realizing yeah. that not many people speak English and my wife and I were speaking with, in the hotel one night, we were thinking, we actually are lucky to come to a place where people speak English because I don't think it would have been the same if we had ended up in the middle of who knows where in France. Yeah. And you want to go to a doctor about you know seeing one of the kids or whatever and no one speaks English. But um, I think you know we, we've, we've hit the lottery of coming to somewhere like Jersey where the people are friendly. And the network of people that my wife has outside of rugby, like at the school, she's got a lot of friends at the schools and she's finally starting to get on the feet. Now she's starting to work, you know, and she's yeah, doing it just to, just to have a network outside of rugby, you know what I mean? So I think that's key is just having that balance. A, 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 rugby, um, a rugby player, but I'm home, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm, I have to give my attention to my family. So 
that's been my, if anything, they've been my biggest inspiration and into me chasing my dreams. So the whole experience of us being here is probably the best thing. So we're really enjoying it. Nice, man. I think that's a beautiful way to end this episode 10 of the Rugby Abroad podcast. Dude, I, I thank you for your time again and it's a pleasure to talk to you and hopefully we can get you on again at some point for another catch-up when um, the next season started, whenever it does, because I know there's not really plans to at the moment. Um, we'll see, man. We're fingers crossed we're starting at the top soon, so whenever yeah. starts, we're ready to go. But thanks a lot for having me, Sam. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cookie. Take care, my man. Thanks, Cheers. brother. Take care. Bye-bye. You can subscribe to the podcast at rugbyabroad.com. Thanks for listening in and I hope you join me for the journey.